Eat, Sleep, Shit, Repeat is an independent podcast. We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land we are recording on today, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. I'm almost grateful for falling apart with the three so that I could be the person I am now. Welcome to Eat, Sleep, Shit, Repeat, the podcast all about the madness that is motherhood. I'm Kelly McCarran and I'm really looking forward to today's episode. And I'm Key Reese, and same, it's going to be a juicy one because we're talking all about milestones. But I just wanted to say, if you are listening today and you're like, oh, I've got a great idea for an episode, I really should tell the girls, tell the girls. Yes, or if you have a really interesting story to share. Yes. Send it through to us so you can let us know on, I reckon Insta's probably the easiest. Probably the easiest. I'm at Key Reese. Kelly is at Kelly underscore McCarran. Or you can get us both on at ESSR.pod. Because we would love to potentially have you on. <gasps> yes, because that's how we've been finding really all of our guests. Yeah, They're either just friends or on, friends of friends mm. or followers that have shared their stories. And then we're like, well, we need to get you on. However, if we don't want to get you on, it's not that your story isn't good. It just might not be relevant to what we've got coming up. Yes. Gosh, I just don't want everyone to insult anyone, do I? No. But we're not talking about that. We are talking about milestones today. They cause pure panic for parents, especially first-timers, because they're basically indicators of what your child should be doing at what age and designed to make us feel smug if the kid is miles ahead and like we're failing if they are nowhere near. And later on in the episode, we have got a wonderful guest who has got a couple of different children, all who have varying different experiences meeting milestones. Kiris, this is not going to surprise you at all, but I never looked into any milestones, nor did I have any idea. Shocking. (laughs) Shocking, I know. Nor did I have any idea when things would happen. So the only indicator I got was from like looking at similar aged babies around us and questions from doctors. But... I think that this is actually a good thing because while it's great to use milestones as a general guide so you can get on top of any potential issues as they arise, my pediatrician, my beloved Dr. Johnny, told me once that he was like, just don't worry so much because I was like, oh, he's not doing this yet or something that someone else had commented on, not in a mean way, but just being like, oh, they're not, you know, Len's not doing this once. Anyway, Dr. Johnny was like, All able-bodied humans know how to sleep, sit, jump, walk, and eat as adults. And absolutely no one is like, oh, so how old were you when you said your first word? So he's like, stop stressing so much about different things. He's like, I will let you know if there's ever a problem. And I just think that that was such good advice. Like even if you take it back more so than – like if you take it back sooner than adulthood, if you're able-bodied and you're looking around – at fellow eight-year-olds, you're not like, so when did you start walking? <laughs> like that's a weird conversation to have. And not, totally. You're not actually judging or comparing. It's more like, oh, ha, ha, ha type thing. Yeah, and I think honestly how you kind of do have done it, which is like looking at other kids of similar ages, I think is actually kind of the right way to go about it. You save your mental health a little bit and you save your nerves. Key, I feel like you're probably a little bit different. You had the Baby Sparks app, didn't you, and you ticked everything off. I did have the Baby Sparks I bet you were just app. like so bit, 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 well, ticking I was, them off. I was until she wasn't doing some of them. <laughs> and then I was a bit like, oh. 
I'm not really getting the same amount of satisfaction as Wait, I was before this. To anyone that has no idea what Baby Sparks is, can you explain it? Because I couldn't even know how to explain it. So it's this app that you can download and basically there are um, activities you can do each day, like kind of playtime activities with them that can help them with their like motor skills and movement and things like that. And you tick them off in the app and it's meant to be really like, woo. And they they say in the app, it doesn't matter if your baby's not hitting them. But then internally you're like, why is my baby not hitting these? But I'm meeting like 10%. And it- you're also thinking me, I'm meeting like 10% because it's all your fault, obviously. Well, this is your one mother. job right now is to well, be great at this app. <laughs> I think where I struggled because with the Baby Sparks app, I was like, I was about to say the Baby Sparks app turns motherhood or parenthood into a full-time job. But then I realized for most sensible people, that is their full-time totally. job. Totally. And like my, the reason that I ended up first downloading Baby Sparks is because I was like, what do I do? The awake windows got longer, but she wasn't really doing much more. It was just like, she needs to be awake for longer now. And I'm like, ah. We just went for a lot of walk. Yes, so do we. But I feel like I also needed things to do with her and I wanted to kind of play and engage and it was a good resource for that to kind of like help you. But then at the same time, you were guided by milestones so you could kind of see what they were meant to be doing. But the other thing I really looked to was the Raising Children website. So that's the government-run website that basically I think it goes up to like primary school age. I have never heard of it. It's amazing. Like I always go on to it like when I was struggling with breastfeeding, when I moved to formula. For milestones, it was almost always my kind of reference point that I went to. And basically it would just tell you like what should be happening at various stages. But the wording they use is really kind of like non fear inducing it's very calm and like it's okay if this isn't happening and if you know if you have any trouble then seek help from medical professional I did sign up for another newsletter of course you did I would just love to be a fly on key Reese's wall because in my mind you like put your glasses on to do these things and then you're just sitting there and you're shushing and shooing away Albie Allen and you're just like making notes because because we've actually worked in an office together. I know what your work vibe is. So I, I feel like you approach mothering in the same way and you'll just be like oh, making little notes and then. I do oh. make a lot of notes. I feel like it's because my memory is so bad that I feel like you're I'm. very organized though. And I feel like it helps me to like absorb the information. Yeah. It's kind of a bit of a technique, I guess. Same with studying. I always had to like write everything out a hundred times to remember anything. A lot of good that did me. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I just, I, there was another news that I can't remember the name. I'll, I'll link it in the show notes, but that just kind of sent me prompts each month. And it was just oh, like okay. a summary of like, these are things that Rue might be doing this month. It was from this woman who's kind of like a mothering influencer in the States. And she talks about her experience with her daughter and she actually filmed it the whole time. So she's like, here's where I forget her baby's name is up to right now. And this is like what she was doing. And she didn't meet all of her milestones either. So I found that that was kind of like also a good oh, kind like of in between. We'll put that in the show notes so you can sign up for it. She's really cool. So you know famous Miss Rachel? Yeah. Hi, friends. So her story is, is that she was an early childhood educator. Right. Her child wasn't meeting a lot of the language milestones and interaction and those sorts of Mm -hmm. milestones. And she was looking for education tools to help and she couldn't find any. And Mm. that's where she started her videos. Cha-ching. Which is why I'm always like... See, this is why television is great. Yes, exactly. If it's educational. Totally. Hello. And Miss Rachel is great. But, yeah, I I don't think I worried too, too much about anything because she was, like, always really alert and vocal and I always felt always smiling. pretty we, positive about that. discussed a lot. Exactly, serial killer. But she is the youngest of my mother group, so I always noticed that she was, like, a couple of weeks behind everyone else. Wasn't she a couple of weeks early, though? 
No, she wasn't. I'm thinking about another baby. No, well, she was just like one week early. She was born at 39 weeks. I feel like for for a while you can use that like my sister would be like oh but he's five weeks early if you look at the actual due date yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> which I do love because I think for some parents that is actually a real thing oh no it, it is yeah and it definitely is with leaps which is why the wonder weeks takes into account your due date yes which not is important just, yeah not just the I mean, date that they I were mean born. the wonder weeks is a complete other conversation but the only thing I really started freaking out though about really was like how far she was behind was the crawling, she was pretty much the last to, she was the last to crawl, but it was the walking and it was when we went away on that trip all together to like the Southern Highlands with all the bubs and she was the only one crawling and everyone else was walking. But a week later, she started walking and I think it was because of that trip because she saw, hang on a minute, all of these babies are up and at them. Because she wasn't in daycare at the time, so she wouldn't have spent that much time with babies who were walking. Exactly. Because she was in nursery, not all of them were walking yet anyway. So, but I would be lying if I said I didn't compare. Um, Like a lot of the girls remember around that time, they were like, just you wait. Like when she starts walking, you're going to hate it because she's going to be running. And I think what was really interesting about her walking so late is that she actually was never wobbly. Because she was so same, like had worked on her muscles so much. Because mm. she was squatting and standing and walking with the walker, that when she walked, oh, she just walked. She ran. I actually disagree with people as well because a lot of people do say that they'll be like, "Just you wait. You wish you hadn't wished it away or whatever." I think it's fantastic when they can walk. I love it. Oh, they have I love so it much too. More it's so much fun. It's just like you can't do. The little cafe hangs a lot, a lot harder when they're walking. Okay, well, I've never been able to do those. Well, yeah, so it just cha- it's, it is a bit of a change, but I, I, it's I just love so it. much fun. It's yeah, it's great because you can walk around with them. But I think the important thing for me and what I would say to anyone else is like everyone takes their time to get to their milestones, or they'll meet them really early. But there is it is such a spectrum of totally an, of averages, and all of the milestones are an average. People need to remember. My other advice would be is like really finding a great family doctor shop around it might not be the doctor that you've always seen like I think now where I live I can never get in to see my doctor anyway so I always look at who's available I go to the little bio on the website and they say what they specialize in or what their interests are in and then also just like speak to other mums in your area speak to you know a mum friend of yours that's in an adjacent area because you will be able to get a recommendation and then once you find one just stay with them because it's about having that continuity of care and I don't think you should necessarily just stay with the doctor that you've always been with because it's a completely different ball game. I completely agree. And you can also just chat to people that you trust with a child with the same age. So for me, because Lenny's always had a pediatrician because yeah. he was so sick, my sister just uses what Dr. Johnny tells me, like to gauge for her son, who's a very, like two weeks yeah. sort of difference. So, and of course, if something was actually wrong and she was worried, but sometimes I'll like tell her what Dr. Johnny says and she's like, oh, Okay, that's great to know type thing. Yeah. Like, so it's also just chatting, chat amongst yourselves. And if you are worried, of course, you always need to make an appointment yourself. Yeah. But this is why mums are so helpful to chat to because then you're like, okay, it's I didn't so know that. true. Like chatting to you today. So far, I found out about a website, a newsletter. Like you just – being open with people and having conversations can help in so many different ways. Yeah, that is such a good point, Kel. Love that. Thanks. So what about Len and his milestones? Oh, gosh. Well, we weren't worrying about milestones for a very long time because we were just trying to get him healthy. So we, when we would have checkups with the pediatrician or the GP, we were never, apart from weight and that sort of thing, but yeah. that was more so for medication-wise. Um, he checked some things, but he wasn't ever being like, oh, what's 
is he doing this or whatever? Because he said from the start, he was like, he will be delayed because he is concentrating on not being in pain at the moment. Oh, God. Like, oh, my God. It was actually just so heartbreaking. So he's always been very good with me just being like, it's going to take him a little bit of time to do some things. And that makes so much sense. Like I was, someone actually did say that to me when I was stressed out about rewalking and they had to remind me like, hey, she's been really sick multiple times. exactly. And I thought, yeah, like when – all of that, like, kind of recovering from those illnesses. That's where her energy needs so to be. Much. Like, yeah. she's trying to put on weight. She's not really looking at, you know, reaching these milestones on time. Mm. Like, she's just trying to get back to kind of her normal pace of growth. Exactly. So, Len rolled when he was like less than a week old. Stop. I think I have it on camera. Very or- advanced so advanced and I was convinced that he was a small freakishly strong genius he actually kind of is freakishly strong like the stuff that he lifts he lifted this giant door weight at my sister's house lifted it over a fence and threw it down the stairs my I was like what where did he just he's freakishly strong it's weird shot put 30 Um, 32 yeah yeah uh so he did that and I was like oh We've got a little advanced baby. And we were just shocked because everyone was like, no. Yeah. But then one of our friends who had a couple of kids was like, it was a fluke. He won't do it again for a very long time. He was correct. <gasps> oh, it was just a once it off. Was, I think he did it twice that day, but it was obviously just like, um, I don't know if it was, is it nerves when they're that little or just like they've got these little bursts of energy maybe? Yeah, or they just hate Tommy accidentally time that much. did it and then can't work out how to do it again. Because they, they aren't strong enough, so... Well, it is crazy though, but some some babies are really freakishly strong. Well, see there. So with his neck support, he was freakishly strong. Yeah, Rue was too. I felt like I never held had to hold a neck. I we really didn't have to worry about his neck support. Like he was able to completely lift himself up. But that I wonder if Rue, well, she didn't, but. A lot of reflux babies do have incredible neck support. They're so really? strong because they've been clenching their body in pain. Oh, I know. That's I know. Heartbreaking. It is so heartbreaking, but they're freakishly strong. Yep. Okay. Um, Weird flex, but okay. I know. Very strange. <laughs> so, yeah, he took his time with absolutely everything, but it was just something that I never panicked about because none of the doctors were ever panicking about yeah. it. And I think boys do tend to be a little bit slower sometimes. Like, um, Yes not and always. No. That's not the. That's the, not the a blanket only rule. boy in our mother's group was so far advanced. Oh, okay. Than yeah. us. I it's, remember we were sitting down in a in the park having like a little picnic, and we were all like flirting with the idea of starting solids. And Maria, who has little Leo, the only boy in our group, sat there and fed him for an hour. Did he have reflux though? No, he just was like not. He could not be satisfied with just milk so she he was too hungry so she had to move to solids because he was so hungry all the time at what age i reckon before six months maybe like five four and a half well we'll talk about this in our food episode but lenny started at four yeah because sickness is it's better to we have to to have something in their tummy but we'll talk about that more in our food episode but I, for me, I think I've always, like the boys and girls around me, there has been a huge difference. And it also never worried me because there was, so there's Lenny. And then listeners might not know this, but it's not just uh, Wesley, the puff, who we have that's close in age to Lenny. Lenny has three cousins, all boys that are all born within a month of him. Oh my God. So there's Harvey, there's Hunter, and there's Wesley. Oh. And Harvey was the only one that was quite quick with things, but he had an older sister. And so we always just were like, oh, it's because Lucy's showing him how to do things. But Hunter and Wesley have just been 
almost as slow as Lenny with some things. And then they just meet things weirdly at different times. Like Lenny was – Wesley was sitting up way sooner than Lenny or one the opposite. And then the other one was just so speedy with crawling though. Yeah. So they were just meeting it differently. And Lenny was the wobbliest sitter. He just could not sit for so long. Like it was – No core strength. Actually alarming. Just like <laughs> – Like jello. <laughs> I, I never forget this one time. I needed to go to the toilet, so I just placed him down on the floor and he tried to move himself into a sitting position. But because he was so wobbly, then he started to fall backwards and I was on the toilet and I had my toothbrush in my mouth and I just reached forward to try to catch him. I didn't catch him and I poked him in the face with my toothbrush. Oh and there was just God. a lot going on and he was miserable. But So I just remember him falling over all unlucky. the time. There was a lot of head injuries when he first started sitting. And then with crawling, he just had the hump for a long time. Like, yeah. you know, when they get into that downward, it's the cutest thing. And they just like, they start, they're like, yep, I really want to get into this, but they just can't do it. Yeah. And then when crawling, he was so fast. But it just took he him. He was fast. I remember, remember he was that. like a little speed demon. Yeah. But he's fast with everything because, like Rue, he was quite slow to start walking. But once he was up, he wasn't walking because you know how you see kids and they they're like kind of walking like zombies for yeah. ages. They're kind of like. So he was running and he was so steady on his feet and he hasn't been falling over. Like he obviously falls over sometimes but not over yes. his own feet. Literally, Rue fell over walking for the first time yesterday. Yeah. Like she just doesn't fall over because she's she was so, so strong yeah, yeah. by that point. Which it's is so interesting. It's so interesting. So yeah, they all meet different stages at different times. And I think our battle at the moment is his speech, which we are so aware. It's like, you know, I don't need some old biddy in Myers going, Oh, he's not talking that much yet. It's because he's got dummies in his mouth all at the time. I'm like, really? <laughs> I had no had idea. Of that. It's like, do you remember that time, April, if you're listening, that April, I was drinking a Red Bull and April goes to me, oh, you know, they're really bad for you. And I went, really? <laughs> really? Yeah. I thought I was drinking a green juice over here. It's like every person that sees Rue and says, that's your baby? And I say, yeah. And they go, oh, look like a dad? I'm like, yeah. And he goes, oh. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm yeah, aware. Yeah, you're like, I'm aware. I'm aware we don't look the same. Thanks for pointing that Thank out again. Thank you so much yet again for – Love it. Yeah, thanks so much. So I'm like, yes, I'm not stupid. I'm aware that it's because of his dummies. Yes. But they are his safety. Like he is obsessed. You see it in Instagram videos. He's like clutching several. He uses them for like safety. And look, if you have something that soothes them – when he's so... I feel like yeah. you don't need to get rid of it unless it's an issue and it's not an issue. My pediatrician isn't worried about it. He's like, let's re... Like between two and three, we need to wean them down to just at night and then get rid of them all together. Yeah. But he's like, he's fine. He's... It's tricky, isn't it? Because see, you're so good like that. I'm, I was just thinking, yeah, yeah, I've been fine. But I have been really worried about Rue's speech because just looking at the girls and mothers group, they're saying like proper words and stuff and she's not really. She will though. So you need she to will. set yourself a goal. So for me, so Dr. Johnny, see, I'm just going to pass on the information. So pass you don't it need on. To do. So I've Dr. Johnny was ready. like, by November, I want 20 words. Otherwise we will look into speech therapy. Not because he said there's an issue. He was like, some kids just take their sweet time. But he was like, but I do want 20 words by November just so we can keep on top of it. Yeah. So figure out whatever the same 
age would be for Rue. And you can just go off that. And you know what? It's November. We're at over 30 words now. So <gasps> slay. That's amazing. I think when I post the episode into our Facebook group, I'm actually going to do a call out for best resources, like p- picture books that you can read with them to help them learn. Because that's what it's about. It's about like repetition and stuff like that. The cards, I've got those. They're really good. So have you been using them? No, but they're really good. <laughs> Only because he bloody throws them. He throws them. She would throw them too. I just don't think he's that, he's old enough quite yet to understand. So how have you been teaching him words? Like he's just picked it up naturally? No, we repeat things to him. So like if he goes, uh, uh, you say, oh, do you want the water bottle or do you want the toast? Like saying things like that? No. I heard that's a good thing to do. Yeah, that probably is. We have no rhyme or reason for how we've been doing it. It's just that like when we go for a walk, well, and also they learn the words that they have their favorite words to begin with. So Percy, he knows how to say Percy, the cat. That it's is... not enunciated that well, but like he says that because he yeah. loves Percy. He says Doug instead of Evelyn. That's really um, cute. His friend Coco at school, he says Coco. Um, mummy, daddy, uh, tree. Because when you go for a walk, he knows puppy, but all dogs are puppies. Yeah. So it's just like things that you can point and do it a lot, like yeah. moon as well. That's a good one. Sometimes Luke tries with words, though, that are just so hard that I'm like, what are you doing to the bloke? Yeah, it's just, it's hard. I'm not going to lie. I'm having having this conversation. I feel I've realized how stressed out I am about it. And I know that I shouldn't be. Of course. It's just really difficult when, because then I think, like, because you know how I have a bit of an issue with my daycare is like I don't think that they do as much learning as like other daycares because I've spoken to the other girls in my group and one of them have like a theme for each month oh yes I don't all daycares no we don't do that and this is what I think I think if they've got different cultures as well every month I think that would be so good because they're going every day or for the days that they're there and they're learning about one thing or like the Mm. conversations about one thing like that is so beneficial so I think it's reinforced my need to find a different to look into one because and I don't want to make you feel bad but because I'm not good at teaching Lynn stuff like we just play and I actually sometimes forget that I'm supposed to be teaching him stuff but like I don't even know what made me do it a couple of weeks ago, but I went, hey, Len, where's your nose? Just to see what yeah. he would do. And he straight away was like, Shut And I'm up. like, I did not teach you that and neither did Luke. So you definitely learnt that at day school. <gasps> and he knows, but it's also really bad because you meant to use the right word for things. And I'm like, where's your tooties? And he points to his feet. <gasps> That's so cute. We say, where's your tum-tum? I and who goes like this, but only 50% of the time. Is it, she gets do you have to say tum-tum? Tum-tum or nose mixed up and we're bringing in ears. She's like, oh. she's, we're still learning. So I'm trying stuff, but like it's bad. Henrietta, shout out Vic if you're listening because I know that she does listen. Henrietta's like turtle because oh. they've got a turtle at daycare. Yeah, but it's because, oh, okay. Yeah, but they've got a turtle at or daycare. Or she says space or knows all these animals. And I'm like, Rue, learn. What's that? It's a door. You should know a and door. And she goes, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> or, hello? Yeah. Bye. Bye. Don't do it. Like, if you think about it. You know it will Leonard be okay, Rue, but, you could, but it's also natural to worry. To worry, of course. So you just have to keep reminding yourself. Everyone needs a kettle and in their life. And speak to someone if you're really worried. And speak to someone. Rue and thing. Len, they are slow talkers, but they might have a podcast one day talking through their trauma of having mothers who discussed their private lives publicly. <laughs> For their entire childhood. 
That's so true. Actually, the interview that we've got coming up did ease a lot of my concerns about milestones, to be honest. Yes, true. Should we bring her on? Let's do it. Beth is a shitter. She slid into my DMs when I was asking about something and was like, Kel, I can help you with this request. And I was like, oh, good. And she's so fun. She's the best. We were having such a funny conversation and Key sort of looked at me at one point. I'm like, she's a shitter. It's okay that I'm talking about. What was I talking about? I forgot to tell you this. The next day, Beth wrote back to me, but I saw her handle and she goes, so nice talking to you and Kelly yesterday. I was like, oh, my God, Beth, you're the Beth. I talk to her all the time. She's like one of my most like consistent writers who write in for Peak and Pit. And I was like, Beth, I'm so sorry I didn't put two and two together. I just like – Sometimes you can't though with Insta handles. Well, you know the handle. Mm. And when it's like obscure, I was like, oh, I'm not going to say your handle because I don't want to like out her. But like I just thought that was so funny because you guys had this in and then I was kind of like, yeah, oh, Yeah, Key's looking be at me like – And I'm like, it's okay, Key. I could talk about jizz with Beth. She's a <laughs> she's a shitter. She's an Insta pal. Um, but you could have too. She's so great. So she's actually got three boys, all of whom have met milestones at different ages. So they're all the same gender, all in the the same family, yet they're still meeting milestones differently. So I think her story is amazing. And the lunatic's pregnant with her fourth boy. Fourth one. And she just takes just it in her stride, yeah. doesn't she? She's such a cool mum. Let's get her on. Welcome, Beth. Thank you. Happy to be here. Long time so to Oh, yay! <laughs> yeah. I know that we're not supposed to comment on people's appearance, but you look very young. But you have three children with a fourth on the way. Yeah, Kel, I'm older than you. What is your skincare tips? <laughs> Vitamin C, babe. Um, oh, everyone says I look really young. I'm actually 36. So I have three boys. I have three boys under six and I'm about to have my fourth. Oh, How not, pregnant are you? Not very. I'm, I just got through the first trimester. So... Um, Congratulations. Yeah, I'm almost 14 weeks. No, really rough. This is my fourth severe nausea and vomiting pregnancy. But because we play hard and fast with contraception, um, (laughs) where, yeah, (laughs) keep on getting pregnant. So, Mm -hmm. okay, let's get into it. So we wanted to talk to you today about milestones because as I was talking to you on Instagram, it's crazy how much pressure we put on ourselves and on our children to reach certain milestones and at different ages when it's crazy because Keen and I have been talking about it. Like if they're able-bodied, they're going to – like by the time they're five, they're all eating, sleeping, sitting, standing, jumping, whatever, and no one's ever like, oh, what age did you start jumping or walking or whatever as an adult? You know, like it's just quite funny that it's something we focus so much on when they're little. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think for me, I have three boys and they are all developmentally completely different, all able-bodied other than my youngest, all talking, walking, doing everything normally, but hit milestones, all three of them at completely different times and are still continuing to hit milestones at different times and different stages, which, which is just wild to me. I was going to say it's really interesting talking to a mum of all boys because a lot of things come from gender where we kind of expect boys to develop a little bit later in comparison to girls. But I think what's really interesting about your story is that we're kind of, well, we are, we're comparing apples and apples. So can you talk me through the ages of your boys and kind of the key differences Mm -hmm. of each of them as they've progressed? Absolutely. So my eldest boy, his name is Teddy. 
he oh, was always quite nice. advanced, I guess is the word. Mm-hmm. But he was doing doing like three word sentences at 18 months. Like he was crazy talker. And like really insane I have videos of him saying cinnamon more cinnamon money more cinnamon at 18 months so, so like wild words, like, right like hi mom he would have had 50 words by 18 months it was crazy and I was home I wasn't even home with him for that long like I went back to work at nine months so it's not like he had extensive parental supervision or anything super intense he just picked up language like that he was a early walker. He was walking before his first birthday, which I consider early. And when I get to my other kids, you'll understand why. Um, early crawler. He did a lot of backwards crawling, but early crawler, just developmentally super advanced. What is really interesting about Ted's story is Ted is now, he's five. He starts school next year, which is really exciting. However, he has a diagnosed stutter. So all of this language that he's developed, it's almost too much for his little brain. So he now is, he does speech therapy for his stutter. We're getting him tested for ADHD because he's so advanced. Like he's just crazy smart, wants to be talking to you all the time. Just really intense little kid, really, but awesome. Like such a beautiful little boy, very caring, very loving, just really um, advanced with language really delayed physically so he does little athletics and god love him he comes last in every race he's the tallest kid and he comes last he's just slow and uncoordinated like he's just like lanky and uncoordinated but he doesn't oh my god he sounds like me when I was the oh like he's all of us when you watch him at little athletics he's everyone he's the kind of kid who you go um no, you need to focus on the end of the race and get to the end of the race. And he's like, I just want to chat to my friends. I'm like, chat to them after. <laughs> Go, run. So he's that kind of dichotomy of really advanced in some areas and then really, I guess we would say delayed in other areas. Like he can't hop. He can't like do hopscotch. Watching him do hopscotch yesterday at the pediatrician was hilariously, like it was just heartbreaking to be honest. But he doesn't know. He doesn't know that he's bad at these things. And I'm not going to tell him because I just want him mm. to keep trying, really. So Louis, my middle child, he's three and a half. He was pretty standard. He's got pretty sloshy speech. By that, I just mean he's got a bilateral lisp. So he talks from the sides of his mouth. So he sounds a little bit drunk all the time. And he developed relatively normally. He kind of walked about 13 months. He talked about 13, 14 months. He was just very down the line average. So he's a little bit more physically coordinated. He doesn't have this kind of developmentally coordinated delay. I think my OT friend said that's what Ted has. But what is the most interesting, I guess, about my three children is that my youngest is 18 months, has no words, not a word, not a word in sight. Like wow. compared like compared to Ted, it's chalk and cheese because mm. it's no, like it's just no words. And people go, oh, but what about mama? What about dada? And like when I say no words, I mean nothing. But he curiosity. has hearing loss. Oh. Mm. 
I was about to ask if there was something with his ears and also if he has a dummy because Lenny's speech has been delayed because of ears and also the love of the dummy. Yeah, so he has glue ear in his both of his ears. We're going to the ENT next week. Do you think that, like, w- with your first, were you following, like, you know, the baby milestones that they have listed? Oh, yeah. I was, like, an absolute stickler. I had all the guides. I read all the books. I was just absolutely obsessed with it. And, like, to the point that before he said his first word in our mother's group, which was, like, a play group, I was quite conscious that he hadn't started speaking. No one else was speaking, but I was like, he needs to, he needs to be the first to speak. And then he wasn't, but like when he started, he was just off and running. But with Alfie, I actually had to be told by other people that he should be talking. I just did not realise, which makes me sound like a horrible mum. He communicates with in other ways. My mum has said to me that she just doesn't understand why he doesn't talk. And I'm like, well, man, neither do I. (laughs) Probably Mm. because he can't hear. He started saying whoa a little bit and I said to my my eldest son, so Teddy's speech pathologist, I was like, my mother-in-law just texted me to say that my youngest child had his first word. He says saying whoa and the speech pathologist was just like, how old is he again? Like 18 months? And she's like, firstly, not really a word. Secondly, um, that's really delayed. And I was just... Yeah, but I wanted to say like something that you said before was that you felt bad that you didn't realise. I think it's great that you didn't because I think it's not because you're a bad mum, it's because you are actually a great mum that you're just like present and investing in all these other things that you don't see it because you're seeing them communicate in a different way. It's just that the typical way that we're measuring that communication, he's a little bit delayed in that. But like, I just think that's a sign of you being comfortable in your parenting that you know, you're not too on it that you missed it. I love speaking to mums of multiple kids because you're always so much calmer than us. Like we just run around like headless. I wasn't chooks, calm. But you're just like, yeah, so I definitely got it through time and medication. With Teddy, I was a very anxious first time mum. Really, really anxious. I found it really, really challenging. The adjustment was enormous. But Lulu was like, sorry, Louie was like my healing baby. He came along and showed me that I could do it and that everything that felt hard the first time felt easier and more natural with him. My breastfeeding journey was easier with him. He was just a different baby. He was much calmer than Ted was. And then Alfie wasn't. Alfie had severe reflux. So he was a challenging baby and we were in the throes of it with the other two. But I got professional help when I had the three. And I think... I had always needed support for my anxiety prior to having kids. And so getting medicated for my anxiety really helped me realise that people don't live with this really intense inner monologue all the time and aren't afraid of everything all the time as much as I was and, like, Getting my anxiety under the control has not only made me a better mom, it's made me a better friend, it's made me a better partner, it's just made me a better human. And, like, I'm almost grateful for falling apart with the three so that I could be the person I am now and be calm and present. It makes you more empathetic as well because I think it makes you 
understand other people and their troubles better? A hundred percent. I think when you're really trapped in that kind of anxious prison where you can only feel your own feelings because your feelings are so loud and so intense, it makes it difficult to even connect with other people and other people's stories. Whereas Mm. I just, I find life a lot easier now, even though I have three kids. <laughs> With a fourth on the way. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, don't remind me. Yeah, that was how a are you? Yeah. How are you going to navigate the fourth child? Like fourth time around, are you just going to be like, hit the ground running? You'll do whatever you want, whenever you want. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I, I yeah. did that a lot with Alfie as well. I kind of did like a loose eat, play, sleep routine with Alf. It was more around like it had to be flexible. And we did a lot of carrier naps. I'm a huge advocate for wearing babies because it just works because you need your hands. I've already decided I pumped with Ted and with Louie and I started pumping with Alfie as well. But I kind of got to the stage where it was not helping my mental health and not helping my emotions or even my relationship with my other kids because I'm like, I'm breastfeeding for this long, then I'm pumping. Like, what am I? Why am I doing that to myself? Mm. So I transitioned to formula, top up formulas. I'm so pro just doing what works for the mum, yep. obviously, and the baby. But like, the insane pressure, like, I put on myself with Ted and I couldn't breastfeed him past four months because his latch was terrible. But then you can have a totally different experience and I breastfed Louis for 17 months and he just had a good latch and away we went. It was different with Alfie again. So I genuinely thought when I fell pregnant with Louis after Teddy that it would be like a control copy child. I would just get another Teddy. But they're so different and, and that's what makes me feel comfortable about having another boy even though I had like pretty bad gender disappointment because I always wanted a girl and I'm not having any more. I am, I know that they're all so different. They all have different personalities, Mm. different skills, different interests that it's going to be fine because he's just going to be another little, little guy and who cares? I think like even what you just said Mm. there about their different personalities, that that feeds into the whole reason why we're having this conversation today Mm. about milestones. Like exactly what you said, they're all different. They all kind of progress at different stages or they're delayed at different stages for different reasons. I think it's really, really Mm. interesting and really appreciative of you sharing your story today. I wanted to ask you though, what would be your one piece of advice to a first time mum who is inevitably going to be a little bit overwhelmed and a little bit obsessed with milestones? Just try and take the pressure off yourself and off your baby and be present in what they are achieving and the little person that they're becoming because I think I put so much pressure on on Ted in particular to achieve milestones that I wasn't focusing on what he was doing in in the moment. And I look back at that and I don't remember it as well as I remember the other two, which I think is sad. So just try and not care, which is impossible, but try not to. So that was fantastic. Thank you so much, Beth, for joining us. I don't know why I say Beth so aggressively. Beth. That's a cute name. I yeah, really no, like but it. why do I say Beth? Beth. Like,
like it's Beth. Beth is such a pretty name, isn't it? It's really like pretty. pretty. Well, it's also Bethany. I've got Bethany. a friend called Bethany, which I think so is actually pretty. really beautiful. I love old-fashioned names like um, Delilah, Daphne, Evelyn. Yeah, and I feel like Bethany hasn't had a call up. So if anyone's pregnant listening to this, Bethany, having a girl. so pretty. Bethany. Little B. Well, we hope you enjoyed today's episode and even though we were trying to... It has gone many different directions <laughs> today, I feel. Our poor producer, who has had to edit this, is going to have one hell of a time. And hopefully you feel a little bit seen listening to how panicked I am about the milestones, but then feel a little bit less stressed after hearing Kelly remind us that it's going to be okay. Or we'll get there in our own time. And if not, we'll speak to a medical professional yes, to ease yes. those concerns. You're either seen or you just think, my God, Kelly... Like, get worried about something every now and then. Yeah, just every now and then. Give a little. Give a little bit of a fuck yeah. occasionally. <laughs> I'm trying not to give swear. Give some fucks. <laughs> All right. Well, if you have loved this episode, please show it some support. Please. How can you show it some support? Share well, it on your socials. Rate, review us. I think the best way to do it, all of those, of course, but share it with your friends. Yes. Please, because I think we... We want it to go far and wide and we really want to help as many people as possible. Mm. So even dads, get the dads listening. Get the dads onto it. Charlie loves it. Charlie loves it. He shout actually helps me edit it. Well, he listens while I'm editing it. So Yeah, shout out Charlie. Luke does not. He has great ideas. He named the pod. Oh, he did. don't give him that credit. Okay, I can't. Well, it's the he truth. did. He did name the pod. Don't forget, though, that you can find us on Insta. I'm at Key Reese and Kelly is Kelly kelly underscore mccarran and then we've got our joint insta at essr.pod and our facebook group head over there because you will get pictures that you don't get on instagram if you want to be a nosy bozy which we all do this episode was produced by myself kel and our delightful key with audio production by claudia coy bye ciao